all is well in the world. So don't worry, peacetime prophets, you can keep on doing what you've been doing. Well, that is, of course, unless you have a problem with convicted pedophiles airing their message on social media platforms like TikTok. But don't worry, the censorship mob, the big tech oligarchs, they're going to do what they've always done best, and they are going to censor speech. But of course, they're not going to be censoring convicted pedophiles. They're going to be censoring people like James Lindsay from calling out this hypocrisy. Well, we'll talk about that and more today on IndieThinker. Don't forget that today's show is sponsored by our friends over at Element Home Loans. If you're looking for a new home or to refinance your existing home, then you need to go to kevinblairteam.com today so that you can get pre-approved for your next home. And when you do so, let them know that IndieThinker sent you. Welcome, Independent Thinkers. Thanks so much for joining the show today. I hope you know that you are the greatest threat to tyranny because a well-informed people are necessary for a great democracy. That's what Jefferson said. Anyway, and if you refuse to live by lies and you're willing to think for yourself, you can help this world become a brighter place for the future. Not only does God love you, and I'm working on it, but you matter. And and that's why, regardless of where you stand today, you, if you're willing to think for yourself and take a position on a myriad of different issues that are based in reality and based in truth, you are the key for a brighter future tomorrow, and that's what this show is all about. And we've got something interesting to talk to you about today, but I want to start with a story because I feel like if we're going to talk about being serious about issues, I find very often that I'm I'm having to convince people to take things seriously. I'm having to do that with those who are in the community that I'm a part of, Christians, but also people who are just exhausted with the news cycle and just exhausted with the perpetual kind of outrage cycle. And I get it, right? Um, the, the clickbait that's out there, the outrage that's out there, it seemingly never stops. And you can only take so much emotional overload before you finally just say, we're done. However, the reason I think we need to be able to suss out what is important outrage and outrage for the sake of clickbait is because if we are willing to really assess threats effectively, we can change the future. Now, this didn't happen with a guy named Neville Chamberlain. Maybe you know who this is. If you've watched anything on World War II, you've heard of Neville Chamberlain. In fact, there's a Netflix uh, movie, and I'm going to probably butcher the name, but I think it's called The Edge of Darkness or something like that. But it's all about Neville Chamberlain and his opportunity to recognize Hitler as a threat. Rather than recognizing him as a threat, he he took a, a policy of appeasement, which was his kind of MO uh, prior to, to Hitler coming onto the scene. So Neville Chamberlain, suffice to say, was the prime minister of England. He saw Hitler rising, making overtures toward uh, the Czechs and trying to take land that was occupied by some, uh, by like a majority German population, so on and so forth. And so it, suffice to say, Hitler's making overtures in, in multiple different regions. And the prime minister of England, Neville Chamberlain, wants to try to avoid war at all costs. And so because he's a part of the UN, he has to try to come up with some type of arrangement that will appease everybody that's involved. And so uh, Neville Chamberlain goes and gets a piece of paper that says that Hitler will not declare war. He comes back and he assures the, the English people that 
that based upon this little piece of paper in his hand that was signed by him and Adolf Hitler, that Adolf Hitler is not going to commit treasonous acts of war that will get us into yet another bloody world war. It's one of the things he wanted to avoid at all costs. So you can almost understand after World War I why he may want to do something like that. But the problem is this, is that because he didn't recognize Hitler as a threat, Hitler was allowed to not only make overtures, but also take violent action towards people in his region and beyond that, and then was able to rise to power. Now, um, there's some other little inconvenient historical facts here that need to be known, too, because sometimes it's easy for us to look back you know, on, on history with the perspective that we have now and say, well, aren't we being a little bit rough? He didn't know then what we know now. The problem with looking at things in, in that perspective is this, is that Neville Chamberlain was um, pretty accurately given some information that, that Hitler did not have the means militarily to do some of the things that he was threatening to do. So if he had been a little bit more forceful, he could have kept Hitler at that very crucial time from gaining more power and more arms and more territory um, if he had acted responsibly. But because he took a policy of appeasement in, in the face of evil, it, it, Hitler was allowed to, to rise, gain power, and eventually... Um, get the world into yet another world war. So Winston Churchill said in recognizing the absolute failure of foreign policy on behalf of Neville Chamberlain, he said this. He said that you had a choice between war or dishonor, and you chose dishonor, and you got war anyway. And so the point is, is that we have an opportunity to stand, and we must stand in that moment, or there will be consequences for it. So there is a time for peace, but there is also a time for battle. And I want to bring to your attention an issue that deserves to be battled. And so we turn to social media once again to see where society is kind of going in a direction that I, deserves, I think deserves attention. And so in a recent article by BuzzFeed, the headline reads, she's in prison for raping two teen boys and she's in videos on TikTok. Now, if that headline wasn't bad enough, I want to get into the article because it will get worse. But before I do that, I just want to state from the front, the reason I'm reading this to you is because I want to try to convince you, to awaken you to the reality that there is an institutional corruption. There is an institutional ideology that is invading um, not only social media, but also the education system. And it is something that needs to be withstood, especially by parents. And I'll get into that as we dig into the article. So here's the article. There are TikTok videos that get millions of views by showing people's courtroom reactions as they're sentenced to prison. Think about Judge Judy and the like. And then there are TikTok videos from people actually inside prison right now. Hashtag prison TikTok can be a source for good, so you say, BuzzFeed, whether by shining a light on inhumane conditions or by simply engaging a curious public with the realities of the criminal justice system. Now, I have to stop there real quick and just say this. Um, so we're supposed to believe that um, we need to defend the rights of prisoners. Therefore, they need TikTok so that they can shine and, you know, and, and do exposés, shine a light and do an expose on the criminal justice system and its corruption against criminals. Like that's the real problem here. So criminals need to be able to reach their audience on social media now. Um, th this all goes back to a total misunderstanding on where human rights comes from. We're constantly trying to develop human rights out of aberrant or even esoteric, um, just small political identities, and then people are trying to fight for rights among those things. Human rights come from universal truths. 
So you can't find somebody that just has some individual identity and then try to impose a right there. Rights are something that we all have to agree upon because we all have those things in common and then they should be ensured. Now, I believe those rights are endowed to us by our creator and can be found in Christian scripture. Regardless of whether you agree with me or not, it's undeniable that our founders and the only logical premise for rights come from universal truths, not esoteric political identities. But nonetheless, we're supposed to believe that these uh, people behind prison bars have the right to a social media. Well, what could possibly be the problem with that? And the article goes on. Mariah Van Lith, 43, went viral on the platform when she appeared in a video asking for people to write to her at South, at the South Idaho Correctional Institute near Boise. Van Lith was convicted in 2019 of raping two teenage boys, enticing children over the internet, and distributing a controlled substance to a minor. She raped one 14-year-old in 2018 while out on bond for having sexually abused a 15-year-old and raping a 17-year-old the year before. The charges related to the 15-year-old were dropped as a part of a guilty plea deal. Prison records show she won't be eligible for parole until 2028. Well, who would have guessed in a million years that a convicted pedophile would use social media to reach a young audience and ask people to write her? Well, of course, this is a huge issue, but social media isn't jumping to censor people like Van Leth, nor are they jumping on the occasion to ban somebody like this teacher who wants to turn their elementary school classroom into a nightclub? For those of you who are listening, not watching, by the way, what are you waiting for? Go over to YouTube and subscribe. Uh, this is something you need to see to believe. But what you're about to see is a one Miss Gina Tonic, who is a man and also a drag queen, show you around uh, his classroom, where you will see a Canadian flag, you'll see pride flags, you'll see a disco ball, and more. So here's that. You say hello and I don't reply, got my own friends. You got yours, you don't know me. Anymore, I'm on the way. Look at the ground, I won't wait. Not coming down from this. Got a new vibe from this. Got a new vibe from this. Now, you can see in this TikTok clip, you can see that it says in the caption, my classroom slash nightclub with a gay pride flag. So essentially, they're turning their elementary school classroom into a gay nightclub. Now, the reason I show you this, hopefully, is self-evident, that we have institutions in America that are right now being invaded by a sexual ideology that we need to do something about. And this is where the OK Groomer tag comes in, because... There is a grooming of sorts taking place. I hope we can see this now, whether it be from convicted pedophiles on social media that are allowed to give their message, or even teachers on social media who are turning their classrooms into gay nightclubs. But this is, this is happening in such an overt way that I hope we can awaken to it. In fact, James Lindsay, who is a friend of the show, in fact, I texted him and let him know I was going to do an episode on this very thing, was just kicked off of Twitter. He was temporarily banned from Twitter because he used the, uh, the hashtag or the title OK Groomer in response to this tweet that I'll throw up right now for you to see on the screen. 
And this is from Ari Drennan of Media Matters. She simply posted something from the Daily Caller, and it's this article that says that the LGBTQIA plus community is asking for big tech to start censoring people who use the the tag OK Groomer or who call people a groomer on social media. And of course, in response to this, James Lindsay put OK Groomer uh, because he's identifying the problem that we're trying to identify here in this video. And of course, he was immediately banned on Twitter. Now, this this whole thing brings up a great point, and it's the idea of the OK Groomer or the idea of grooming writ large. Because I think there's some talking past each other here. That and, and, and I think it goes something like this, at least from my perspective, I can say, when we say groomer, what we're saying is we mean you're teaching lies to children. So we're talking about intellectual grooming, not actually sexually grooming people as sexual partners. That's what we mean. Uh, so we don't mean that you're trying to find a child bride or that you're uh, that everybody in the LGBTQIA plus whatever community is a pedophile. It's not what we're saying. So what we are saying is, is that there is an intellectual grooming taking place, that there are people who want their sexual deviant practices to be mainstreamed and brought before children. If that's not the case, then let me ask a question. Why don't you see people in the LGBTQIA plus blah, 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 da, 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 community? Why don't you see them actually debating people openly about their beliefs, about their ideas? How come you don't actually see them going toe-to-toe with adults and having an open debate about these things? No, rather what we see is we see them infiltrating classrooms and, and trying to reach young children. In fact, you can see in this clip right now where it's explicit, where they want to bypass parents and they want to bypass adults to get directly to kids. One of my students uh, felt safe enough to share his pronouns with me. And when he did so, once the class knew that I knew, they all switched pronouns. They're second graders. Like I'm torn between being really, really happy to be a safe space and just absolutely furious that an entire group of second graders has to keep this secret from not safe people. Why are kids feeling unsafe? And furthermore, why does everyone talk about how, how are the kids gonna understand? The kids understand it. It's easy for them. It's the adults who have all of the issues and hangups and bullshit. Now what they say is like this person, is they say, well, kids are hate-free, which in some ways is absolutely 100% true, but they're also naive and not very bright. And this is why they need people to stick up for them because what is taking place is intellectual grooming and sexual, sexual practices that are aberrant. And somebody has to do something about it. We can no longer stare these kind of things in the face and take on the Neville Chamberlain role here uh, or the stance of just political appeasement or a policy of appeasement in the face of something that is a genuine threat. So I was in the car the other day with my little boy Jude and um, he said something so sweet that I wanted to recount because this really illustrates why I think we need to fight. And 
he said this. Um, I taught him to teach his. I, I taught him to tie his shoes the other day, and then I gave him a reward. I said, "If over the summer you learn to tie your shoes, I'll give you a reward. I'll give you a gift." And so uh, he did. He learned really, really quick. By the way, when I gave him an incentive, and I got him that gift. And then a couple of days later, he said this while we were driving down the road. He said, "Dad, whenever I have a kid, and I teach them to tie their shoes, I'm going to give them a gift too." And so it's this truth that we're passing down something to our kids, that we as parents will pass down things to our kids. We will pass down hopefully really good things to our kids, but it's possible that we can pass down really bad things to our kids. In fact, it's possible that we can pass down battles to them that should be fought in our time that we refuse to fight, that they will then have to fight in their time. So not only will they be burdened with their troubles, but they will also be burdened with our troubles because we didn't take a stand. This brings to mind the story of Hezekiah. I don't often appeal to the Bible on this channel. I mean, let's face it, I do it pretty often. But, but, I, but the reason I do is not because you have to believe the Bible or because you have to believe like I do as a Christian, but because there's universal truths written into the scripture that need to be listened to. And one of them is the story of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the king of the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judea, if you will, the king of the Jews. And and he was a great king. He was somebody who saw great military victory and great religious reform. He was somebody that pushed away from idolatry and polytheism and brought people back to monotheism in the worship of the one true God. And, and he did some great things, but later on in his life, he made one crucial mistake that I hope we don't make. And the Babylonian uh, invasion was quickly coming to the doorstep of the southern kingdom of Judea. And, I, and Hezekiah prayed, and the prophet Isaiah comes to him, and you can read the story in 2 Kings and in Isaiah. I think it's 58, but I'm not positive. Um, but he, he goes back to Hezekiah after he's prayed, and he said, okay, God's going to give you more time, and he will give you peace in your time, but, but not forever, because this threat is still going to come, and it's going to impact your children. And Hezekiah responds to that by saying this, well, at least there will be peace in my time. See, ultimately, he made the same mistake that we can make, and I hope we don't, is that he, he was willing to pass down a battle that was impacting him, and, that could have impacted him, but, but didn't impact him, that he could have fought in his time, but he didn't fight. And he passed it down to his kids simply because he wasn't going to feel the heat of, of the Babylonians breathing down his neck. So instead, he made his kids feel that heat. And there's a generation of adults and unfortunately parents who are pushing off our current cultural moment onto the next generation simply because they don't want to fight. Now, maybe they don't want to fight because maybe they felt like Hezekiah. Well, they've done enough good things in their life that maybe this is just a battle that we're going to push off to the next generation. Maybe he just didn't care. But I rather think that most likely it was because he made the same mistake that many of us make, that we didn't want to experience the difficulty and the discomfort and the repercussions of actually taking a stand against issues that really matter because we all know that there is a cost to it. So rather than admit that we love comfort and convenience more so than doing what is right, we lie to ourselves because we have to look ourselves in the mirror and we have to put our heads down on our pillows at night. So we lie to ourselves and we say, well, this isn't cowardice. This is just me being conscientious or this is just me realizing, hey, this isn't as big a threat as people make it out to be. So I trivialize the information so that I don't have to actually fight the battle. But the problem is, is that somebody will eventually have to and it will ultimately be your kids if you're not careful. 
So whatever the consequences may be for the fight that you have to make in your generation, I hope you'll pay those consequences. And if nothing else, I hope you'll just ask this simple question. What battles do I need to be fighting today that I am not fighting? Or what battle can I fight today that will keep my children from having to fight it later? And I think if we're willing to ask that question and then answer it effectively and then do what is necessary, we will change the future. But I do know this, great earthquakes start with small tremors. So you can make a difference. You just need to ask yourself, is it a problem that a sexual ideology is invading social media, invading our classrooms, and doing more? And should we do something about that? Is it right to groom small, innocent, naive children into a sexual deviant idea? And if you answer that question the way I think you need to answer it, then I wish you well on the battlefield. Now, to do that, you're going to have to stay informed. So, great earthquakes do start with small tremors. So, start with just getting informed. And maybe shows like this will help you do that. If I have done that, then please take time to like, share. You can comment down below as well. Thanks so much for watching. We'll catch you next time. You can catch brand new episodes of Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman every Monday and weekly bonus episodes to keep you thinking throughout the week. But you have to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when new episodes drop. If you enjoy this content, make sure to like this video and share it with friends.